news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, appreciate you being here, and thank you so much for joining for part of your day. I want to invite you once again to join Broomhead's Action Alliance. It's our community service project arm of the show. We are organizing community service projects that you are invited to join us on. You're not committing to go to every one or any of them necessarily, but you'll be notified when we have them. You can sign up and join us where you can. Just text ACTION to 411923. That's ACTION to 411923. The FBI searches the president's former president's home and Donald Trump. And now there is fallout in every direction. And uh, again, I am uh, I have I don't hide from my biases. I have them. I voted for Trump twice. But you've also if you've listened to this show for any length of time, have heard me be very critical of some of the ways the president, the former president, has said things. Um, I am uh, I, I was not a fan of the stolen election claims. I wasn't a fan of the way the former president went after good people in Arizona. And it's one thing to call them wrong. I I mean, everybody's called wrong. I'm called wrong a lot. Go to Twitter right now. I'm called wrong a lot. But going after someone's character and calling them dishonest and saying that they are a part of a treasonous act, that they are helping to steal an election, they are part of a cover-up, I didn't agree with that. And I was very vocally against saying that. Um, You know, there are good people that we disagree sometimes. I have – there are many people on my side of the aisle that I still consider to be good people that I have complete disagreements with. But I'm not calling their character into question. I'm saying I think they're wrong on this issue. Big difference. So I have been very critical at times of the former president. But I voted for him twice. When you look at what's happening here, and the other part of this is you're not going to find a more fierce defender of law enforcement than me. I defend law enforcement all the time against uh, what I think are frivolous claims or overwhelming kind of overreaching claims that the entire industry, the entire profession is suspect. I've been doing it for years. But when I have people that collectively have spent decades and decades and decades in the FBI saying something is not right here, when you've got a former acting attorney general going on national television and saying we have crossed a line This could have been done with a subpoena. This is being done the way it looks. This looks like it's much worse than it really is. You could have done it with a subpoena. You could have asked for those documents. Instead, you raid the house. You got people standing outside with rifles, and it looks as if the the charges or the concerns are a lot more serious than they really are. Those are not my words. Those are the words of somebody that was the acting attorney general. And so politically, the fallout is beginning to happen. Um, when the White House says they didn't know anything about this, that's been questioned as well. I had Steve Hooper on yesterday. Steve Hooper is a professor up in Embry-Riddle right now in their School of Intelligence and Security. Um, and Steve Hooper spent over 30 years with the FBI. And the idea that the White House is not briefed on this is almost an impossibility. That's my word, not his. But it's almost an impossibility to think that that's possible. And um, 
When uh, And it's a little bit of a, a comparison. If you remember Operation Fast and Furious here in Arizona, where a couple of thousand rifles were illegally purchased through straw buyers and taken into Mexico without surveillance and then were lost and then disappeared. And then one of those guns showed up at the murder of a Border Patrol agent named Brian Terry. And then the lid came off of this Operation Fast and Furious that not only did the United States government allow thousands of rifles to fall into the hands of the cartels, they didn't tell anyone. They didn't tell the Mexican government. They didn't tell the federales in Mexico. They didn't tell local law enforcement. They didn't tell DPS. And according to Janet Napolitano, who was at Homeland Security at the time, they didn't tell her either. Except the U.S. attorney in Arizona at the time was her chief of staff at one time. And you think you're the one, you're the U.S. attorney that gives the go-ahead on the operation. I'm not saying you're in on any illegality. I'm saying you're the one that gives the go-ahead on the operation. And you didn't tell your former boss, who is now the head of Homeland Security, that doesn't sound right. They mean, to a reasonable person, that doesn't sound right. The idea that a former president of the United States was going to be raided by the FBI, and I've been watching on social media, it's so funny, defenders of this are saying, it's not a raid, it's a warrant service. If it's a legal warrant, it's not a raid. Yes, it is a raid. They call it a raid. You know, when, when, uh, when SWAT shows up and they kick down your door or they use the battering ram to knock down your door, it's called a raid. When they have a warrant, it's still called a raid. It, it's, not, it's not a misplaced term. And the Federal Bureau of Investigations went down to Miami and raided a former president's home. And no one told the White House? Does that even seem conceivable to you? It isn't. So I want just what's right. If, and again, if Donald Trump committed a crime, if he has documents he's not supposed to have and he does not return them, then he should pay a price for that. But the idea that you needed to send not the Washington field office to his home with a warrant, I'm sorry, not the Miami field office, though you sent the Washington field office down to Miami, which, again, is another anomaly that doesn't happen. Had the whole process explained to us here on the show yesterday. And what I think is happening and what I, I, I really believe this is happening is there are more and more people in this country that were saying it's time to move on. I'm done with 2020. I'm done with stolen elections. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Someone else needs to run for president on the Republican side in 24. I'm done. There are a lot of those people right now saying, mm, I don't know if he ran again, I'd vote for him. And I'm hearing that from more and more people, Republicans and independent voters that were saying, hey, I was ready to move on. But after this, he runs again, I'll vote for him. And so I think if, if this is as political as it appears, that doesn't mean that there wasn't a reason to want those documents, that there wasn't a reason for a subpoena. But there doesn't seem to be a logical reason to go to his house armed to the teeth in the early morning hours and go into the home and just rifle through. So they went through his wife's wardrobe. Now, again, to be fair. The news story now as it's being told, and this is where it, no matter how much evidence you give or how many opinions even outside of the right side of the aisle of people that are saying this stinks, it, it doesn't seem right to us on any level. Even though those that's out there, as soon as someone says, well, wait a minute, the Trump attorneys have the subpoena or have the warrant if 
Trump wants to tell everybody what's what's in the warrant. He can tell everybody whatever he wants. He, you know, the, the federal government is saying we don't respond to requests or talk about ongoing investigations during the investigation. So we're not really going to talk about what we were looking for or why we went or what was in the warrant. But if Trump wants to, he can. And so far, they're not. So that's got people suspicious of saying, okay, then what are they looking for that you don't want to talk about? And I guess we're going to find out. I'm I'm anxious to see what direction this goes. Um, The people in law enforcement I know are, are very fierce defenders of the United States Constitution. They want to protect your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They don't want to violate people's rights. They don't want to be heavy-handed. Right now, there is a black eye on the FBI. And um, there's a lot of current, that I know, current and former members of the FBI that are concerned that they are looked at now as a political arm of one party or the other. And it never in law enforcement should be that way. Coming up in a moment, we get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we do every day called Did You Hear This? We'll get to it in just a few moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's catch you up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. President Biden spoke today on the new consumer price index numbers, and he was happy about the information on inflation. Well, the price of some things go up, went up last month. The price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. How are you feeling about the new report today? <laughs> I guess when you're sitting where he's sitting, it doesn't really matter. That's I, I just, when I hear that, um, I think that it's good news that gas prices have waned. I like that. We are still paying so much more for rent and the food items and necessities. There are families that are still hurting very much. We are still near a 40-year high in inflation. But the most concerning thing about that statement from the president is he's basically saying problem solved. And that's what people hear. When you say there was no inflation last month, people are throwing things at the TV. TV or the radio when they hear that being said. And you 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 do not sound or look relatable to the American people. And there are many people that support this president that say I'm wrong. Go look at the poll numbers. Go look at what independent voters are saying. Go look at what families are saying. They feel as if no one is listening to them. And that is the biggest issue with them right now. Former Attorney General Matthew Whitaker believes the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago could have been handled differently. They could have sent a subpoena uh, for these documents that they believe exist at Mar-a-Lago. Are you concerned about the processes used here? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know we talked about this yesterday with Steve Hooper, and again, I, I reserve judgment. I'm not. I've never gotten a warrant served against me, and I've never gotten one to serve against someone else. I've never been a cop, but for someone that did this for over 30 years and worked out of the Washington field office, when he comes on the show and says something's not right here, that this does not seem right. When you've got somebody that is a former acting attorney general saying you could have served with a subpoena, it's been done with this president before when they had arguments about these documents. Lawyers from the government and lawyer or investigators from the government and lawyers for the president met in Mar-a-Lago to go through documents. This time they stormed the house. They locked everybody out. Nobody was inside while they did this. And they did it with as if there was some necessary reason to sneak up to this house. And everybody involved that I know that saw this happen said it was done the wrong way, it was heavy-handed, and it's going to end up backfiring on the agency. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day to catch you up on the headlines. 
In response to Governor Abbott's move to bus migrants to New York City, Mayor Eric Adams may get involved in campaigning in Texas. I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. What are your thoughts on this strategy? The only thing funnier than the idea of a busload of New Yorkers landing in Texas, the only thing funnier is if those people decide to start knocking on Texans' doors and telling them how to vote. What could possibly go wrong in that scenario? I don't care what political party you are. That accent, which I love a New York accent, that accent knocking on a door in Texas and then advising that person in the House how to vote. How do you think that's going to go over in Texas? Anybody here in Arizona that knows someone from Texas has got to be laughing hysterically. The only thing I would ask of the mayor of New York is if you do this, and please do it, take GoPro cameras because that is going to be video gold. moment turned empathetic in the Little League World Series Southwest Regional Championship when an Oklahoma player was hit in the head with a pitch. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. What can we all learn from oh, this special my gosh. moment? If you haven't seen this video, it was pretty scary at first. The pitcher lost control of a pitch and hit the batter in the head. Knocked his helmet off, hit him in the head. The kid was okay, got up, went to first base. But the pitcher, this and they're all little kids. This pitcher was so rattled by what he had just done. He was standing on the mound. It looked like he was in tears or almost in tears. You imagine as a pitcher, you hit another batter in the head. It is, um, it is traumatizing to you. So the kid on first base realizes the pitcher's having a hard time throwing the next pitch. He calls timeout, walks to the mound, and he hugs the pitcher and tells him it's okay. It brought tears to my eyes. This is everything that youth sports is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about life lessons. Everybody wants to win, fight like crazy to win, but have respect for your opponent. Have respect for yourself. Win with grace. Lose with dignity. And in a case like this, these were just two young kids playing a game. They happen to be on opposite teams. If you haven't seen the video, I put it up on my Facebook page, but it's all over the place. If you want a heartwarming moment that is truly, genuinely sportsmanship and how we should treat each other, these kids taught us all a lesson. Hey, thanks, Julia. That was, I'm so glad you you did that as the last story because um, it, it, I posted it this morning because it brought tears to my eyes. I thought, man, those coaches and the parents of those kids, especially that kid on first base, they um, are just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So uh, it, it was terrific. Coming up in a moment, uh, we're going to get back to the inflation top. We've got some statistics to go over on what direction we're heading, including what the president of the United States had to say. Next. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. 
I just like the music. I'm just, I'd rather listen to the music than talk right now. Um, we've got to talk about where we are with inflation. The president of the United States, we just had, did you hear this? And, and Julia does a great job with that. And uh, it's, um, and by the way, did you hear this? I have no, I never have any idea which direction we're going. So my reactions to something or your reactions are the same. It's, it's I had no idea what the questions are going to be. But when you hear the president of the United States say that some prices went up while other prices went down, so there was no inflation last month. Number one, he's wrong. I mean, everybody says he's wrong. Inflation's at eight and a half percent, and goods and services are a lot more expensive now than they were a year ago. And uh, we are seeing people that are are struggling. So there's two things that are insulting about that statement, and I think that make people angry. And one of them is being out of touch. And this is the problem. When you when you have spent your entire life, and he has, your entire adult life in government. I know he says he was a truck driver and he and uh, you know he beat up corn pop. I know he says he done, done all those things, but he's been in government for the better part what forty years plus whatever it's been that he's been in the United States government. You get insulated from what people are suffering. And I think that's dangerous. And I, I, I will tell you, I know some people that are pretty well-known, famous people, and it's not name-dropping. I'm not even going to tell you their names because I'm going to tell you what they've told me privately. But when you, talk, when you meet somebody that's got some level of notoriety and fame, I've had a couple of conversations with different people in that category that have said that the hardest thing about being well-known like that – and I say famous, but I don't mean that in a snooty way, but well-known, famous – is that you lose touch because you don't go out as often. You don't, you're, not, you know, you're noticed in public for what you do professionally, whether you're a famous athlete or you're somebody you know, that's in the media, maybe talk radio or on television or a singer or an actor, that you are insulated by you, – by necessity, that you are insulated from what everybody else is doing, and you don't have the same conversations you've had before. And um, I'm really thrilled. I mean, I'm so happy that I'm in a category that's different than that. I I, I love feeling like I just met a couple of people yesterday um, that listen to the show, and to be able to just hang out and have a conversation with somebody is the best thing on the planet for me. It's something that I genuinely love to do. And if I had to live in a world where I was detached from people, I would be very concerned about myself. And for a different reasons, Joe Biden is detached from reality if he believes that we got good news. What we got was less bad news. And this isn't a political thing. I, you know, I, I wish it would turn around tomorrow. I wouldn't care what it did for Joe Biden's poll numbers if people out there weren't hurting tomorrow. But the reality is people are still hurting. People are still trying to figure out what to do. And, and I, everybody, I think we all personalize it it's on some level. I just look at this and I think how hard it is for parents to tell their kids no for valuable things. I'm not talking about not spoiling them. I'm saying just invaluable things. If you've got a child that excels at something, if they're a great musician or they can sing or they're a great actor or actress, if they are a great athlete and they want to play a sport, but you just don't have the money or the time because you're working so much for them to be able to do that and you know it's good for them, it makes you feel like you're a bad parent. Well, you're not, but that's how it makes you feel. And those are the realities for families now. 
They're not buying the high-quality, healthy food they were buying before. They're not buying as much food as they were buying before. You know, when you've got kids that are saying, I'm hungry, and you've got to make them wait because you have to stretch that food dollar out, those are the realities for families. So when the president of the United States is saying, oh, everything's good, this was great news this month, it's concerning to me. You're out of touch, and the White House is absolutely out of touch. Eggs have gone up 47%. Eggs are a staple of almost every recipe out there. We have, I think every household has eggs for one, unless there's an allergy or something. Um, eggs have gone up 47%. We've talked about small businesses and, and maybe to tie a bow around this with the Inflation Reduction Act. There is going to be a steep a tax increase for businesses, um, and especially when this IRS thing kicks in. But you think about small businesses. I don't know what restaurants you eat at. I don't know where you go. I've got some of my favorites here in town. And whether they're chain restaurants or they are um, – uh, or, or they are uh, standalone, privately owned, family owned businesses for generations. Everything they cook with has gone up. And when you have people with less discretionary income and it's costing you more to create the product you sell to the public, what happens in that squeeze? And this is the part of it that where the reality sets in when you see restaurants or whatever. In this case, I always talk about restaurants because I love the industry. But when you have somebody that says, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I manage my business well. I keep an eye on things. I don't take big paychecks. I don't drag money out of this place. And we're not making it. And then you're going to get hammered with an audit or something. It's just – it's ugly. Everything is ugly in that regard. The good news is there are still jobs available. And this is something I, I, I talked quite a bit about before is what happens when that stops happening? Because the good news is in this bad news or the silver lining is there's enough jobs available out there that if you need a side hustle – in order to make some money to make ends meet, it's still available. But what happens when those side jobs dry up? When employers stop with the hiring that we're doing? If that happens, and I hope that it does not, but if that happens, what does that going to do? To fa- families are going to fall through the cracks at a, at a faster pace. I just I look at this and I think for for the political party that continues to claim that they are the party of the working class, who has been hurt the most by what's happened over the last two years? Who is going to pay the biggest price for climate change and what we're doing as far as fixing it? Well, they keep saying it's going to be these rich corporations. Those rich corporations aren't going to eat those tax increases. They're going to pass them on. And not only that, when you're paying more and more and more for the goods and services, you're the one that pays that price. Cost for a business, expense goes up, it gets passed on to the customer. That is always how it's worked. When I buy copper wire for a job, when I had my business, you paid for that wire. That was part of the job. So if, if copper wire is $42 per thousand foot of this wire, and then it goes up to $62 per thousand foot, you're going to pay that extra money. I'm not eating it. I don't eat that expense. It gets passed on to the customer. So this class warfare argument makes me sick anyway, but the idea that people still believe it is another one. The punish the rich mentality is not something that we should all be standing up and and looking at and saying it's a good idea. 
Um, we got a few minutes left in the show. Uh, we've been talking so much recently about about the border. There's one more thing about it that I want to get to because I think there's something unique that's happening right now, and I hope I hope that it changes soon. We'll talk about it in just a moment. <laughs> And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. for being here. I appreciate you spending the last few minutes of the show with me. Um, the border issue. I, I, I've talked about this quite a bit, and I think it's something we should stay on top of, and we should never stop talking about it until it's fixed. Um, and whatever angle you want to go at it from, I think it's all important. Um, but in the end, and I, I've said this many times, we should be we should look at our border problems and say there's a reason why we have such immigration issues. There is a reason why when we fight politically about what's in this new tax and spend bill, why it's a good idea or a bad idea. You've got people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who was a self-described democratic socialist. The same thing with uh, with um, uh, Bernie Sanders. And you think, you know, I don't think that Venezuela has the immigration problem we have, democratic socialists. Um, I, I don't think people are building rafts and trying to get into Cuba. Um, we know that people from China sneak into the U.S. and try to become U.S. citizens. It's really not really that much the way around, the other way around. We still have a destination for the entire world. So looking at the immigration problem we have in that sense changes my mind a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean that people should be allowed to break the law. I am a fierce defender of legal immigration, but we have to stop illegal immigration. There were about a million fentanyl pills recently um, over over like the last couple of weeks or whatever it is, the last time period, millions of fentanyl pills that are being caught on our southern border here in Arizona, what that destruction of the, that, that drug is doing in our society. And when we look at our border solution, it, it doesn't seem like there are people willing to sit down and have the discussion, and I don't know why it is. You know, the conspiracy theorists, I shouldn't really say conspiracy theorists, but the doubters would say if you solve the problem, you're no longer necessary. Like that, when you have an organization who is supposed to be there to stamp out a problem, whether it's cancer or otherwise, once you cure cancer, then that charity is no longer necessary. So sometimes those organizations don't want to solve the problem because it, it defeats their purpose. And I don't know that it's that or not. I, I know it is a campaign issue. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Mark Kelly, Senator Mark Kelly is going to the border. Um, and that doesn't mean he isn't concerned, but it definitely means it's campaign season. And it's a big issue in Arizona. But nothing is getting done. No one's even attempting to do anything. This administration continues to act as if what they're doing is just fine. And it isn't. Um, you know, you can't hold the media accountable for everything. But, you know, if the if the media looked at the border, if they had cameras, if they had satellite trucks um, down there showing people the border every day or if you uh, if you every day we were reporting the number of deaths at the border, like we reported covid death numbers in America, uh, people would change their minds about this. I want you to hear Eric Adams very quickly. He is the mayor of New York City. Talking about the inhumane treatment of people that are being bused from Texas to New York. America, there's a reason the Statue of Liberty is there. And all of us, uh, we all came from somewhere. Uh, and so let me pause. I'm just going to pause it. I'm sorry to pause it. But let me pause that. 
yes, there is a reason for the Statue of Liberty. And the great Colossus, that poem at the feet of the Statue of Liberty, is an emphatic poem that says, give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. You know, We're going to forge this great nation of the people that you discard. I believe all of that's true. But what you're doing when you say what he just said is you are lumping together legal and illegal immigrants to this country. And you can't. They may all have a purpose of a better life. But what you are doing is you are saying the people that have done it the right way are no different than the people that are doing it the wrong way. And that's not true. The people that have done it the right way in this country deserve all the credit in the world as well as their citizenship. They deserve all the credit in the world for doing it the right way, not the wrong way. So he's already mixing legal immigrants with illegal immigrants. And for him to have people who just went through a devastating moment crossing the border, coming to this land of the free, home of the brave, and then place them on buses, even if they wanted to go to a different location, force them on a bus and ship them to New York uh, to a 45-hour drive, a few stops, uh, under these inhumane conditions, uh, I don't think he's accomplishing anything more than exposing uh, of the type of individual that he is. And so there's nothing, there's nothing successful about treating people with this lack of dignity. What is interesting about this, and I don't know how you felt, but as soon as I heard him make these statements, the first thing I thought of was all of those people that died in the back of a semi-truck with no air, no air conditioning, no air to breathe, and no water, and they died in the back of a truck. The number of people today that will cross the border in southern Texas and southern Arizona that will succumb to the heat, um, the sexual exploitation of women, the sexual assault on women that are in these caravans of people that are being brought here, the complete disregard for humanity and the way they're being treated and paying for it with the cartels, how they're being enslaved once they get here. And not one complaint, not one time have we heard the mayor of New York or the mayor of Washington, D.C. stand up and criticize and condemn the way the cartels have treated people. And to say that they're being forced on buses is a political maneuver. Um, but I will say to you that this shows you the complete disconnect. They don't know. They have no idea. They have not seen what we've seen at the border. And they should. We all should be aware, because one thing about Americans, I don't care what political party you're in, when we see desperation and we see it in the right context, we react appropriately. For him to condemn people being put on buses and with limited stops, air-conditioned buses with limited stops, as inhumane, and you've got people that are dying in the backs of trucks, you tell me where your focus is. Sounds very political to me. And uh, we should be condemning what is happening at our border because it is inhumane. And we are a part of it. And I just don't want to be a part of it anymore. Out of time, social media users, at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter, Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. That's how you keep in touch between shows. We'll be back tomorrow morning a little bit after 8. I hope we can have a conversation then. Until tomorrow, have a great day, everyone. God bless.